Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we've been talking about the whole armor of God, spiritual warfare. Except when we get sidetracked. Right, right, right. <laughs> spiritual warfare. And, and, and understanding that when you become a Christian, you now have this target on you. And you have an adversary called the devil. It's not people, because the scripture says... We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, the devil's going to make you think that person's and your he's problem. he's going to use people. Right. He's going to use people, but he's going to make, and again, as you're growing spiritually and developing spiritually, you're going to get a revelation of who it is that's uh, influencing that person to do such a heinous thing. Right. So, uh, like Jesus, him and Peter was walking down the road. We use this example all the time. Jesus was talking to Peter. That was his boy. You know, he's talking to Peter. And it was telling Peter just in conversation, you know, what was going to happen to him. The son of man is going to be turned over to evil men. They're going to do this, that to me. They're going to crucify me. And Peter's response was basically not on my watch. And Jesus turned around and responded, looking at Peter, Scripture says, he replied, Satan, get behind me. For you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. And Jesus really wasn't talking to Peter. He was talking through Peter. about He was talking to that spirit that had influenced Peter to, to utter such words that was contrary to the will of God. Yeah, because Peter and them didn't have a full revelation of Jesus' whole purpose. They didn't know he came to redeem, reconcile, and restore mankind back to God and that he was going to be the sin sacrifice. They thought he was setting up a whole other kingdom, and they were going to be, you know, part of the administration. But, you know, Jesus had to reveal to them that. But he says, you know, get behind me, Satan. So Jesus knew, you know, who was influencing Satan. And again, that's for us. The Bible, again, is for our spiritual enrichment and edification. It's for us to learn and grow by. So once we realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and people are our problems, and then we learn how to use spiritual armor and weaponry, which is described over there in Ephesians chapter 6. And then again, he talks about in Corinthians that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down strongholds. That's the word of God. And pulling them strongholds down out of your mind. Because the devil then built well, see, up. See, that's where most of those strongholds yeah, are. Yeah, the devil built up those strongholds in your mind to make you think or believe a certain thing. And 
Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Now, believe his word, because I'm going to give you the truth. Yeah, so once we get the truth, we can be set free. And now you, you don't have to be mad at people no more. And I'm learning that more and more people aren't my problem. I have an adversary called the devil, Satan. See, we don't have to plot revenge. No, we don't. We don't. That's why Jesus said, that's why he says, bless those that persecute you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. He says, you know, don't trade evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Because good or, or and love is far superior to, to, than hate. And God is love and, and good. That's why he says, do, do good. He said, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season. You're going to get what's coming to you in due season. See, that's an interesting scripture when he talks about do not worry in doing good. Mm-hmm. Because we think, well, of course we wouldn't worry in uh, or weary. weary in doing good. Of course we wouldn't do that. But you know what? It's easy to weary in doing good. People don't respond to you the way that you think they should respond to you. They don't act the way you, you think they should act. And then Satan and so comes it's easy to, to get weary. You know, he, and Satan comes to shoot those thoughts to your mind. Well, you know, there's an old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. And sometimes <laughs> it seems like that's almost true. You know, the more you do for somebody, the the less they appreciate it. The more they're mad at you because you didn't also do this. And mm-hmm. so it's easy to weary in doing good. You know, if, if you, you do stuff for people or and, and nobody seems to say thank you. Nobody seems to say, you know, I really appreciate it. And so it's easy to weary in that. And so we need to keep going in well, doing good. Once you get a revelation. What was it? How many of the lepers came back and... One? Yeah. (laughs) See, and so even Jesus faced it. Well, once you get a revelation of the truth that that God is your recompense, he's your exceeding great reward. Remember, he said, I'll repay. Vengeance is mine. He said, don't you repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. He said, I'm going to pay. And once you get a revelation that you don't have to get people back, God's going to do it. And can't nobody get your enemies back better than God? <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. And again, once you get a revelation that you'll really start understanding that you love people. Right. See, God's going to take them. care of them. Whatever yeah. they deserve, that's what they're going to get. And vice versa. Same thing to you. Right. If you've done good, he's going to take care of you. But, I mean, if you've if done so, bad, you're going to be taken care of If somebody deserves to be forgiven and they're going to heaven, that's up to God. If they deserve some sort of punishment, whatever God's going to do is going to be much more than anything that I could ever imagine. Right, right, right. And uh, we like to we like to play God, <laughs> but Jesus said, "He who without sin cast the first stone." So we don't want to be casting stones. We want to love people. Again, that's how we're going to win people, and that's one of the fruit of the spirit. You know, we got to use the tools that God's given us in His Word to have to live a victorious life. Well, see, I was telling somebody earlier before we came on the broadcast this morning about the fact that, and I might have mentioned this once before. There are people in your life that you know something about. Then there are other people you know more about. And then there's family members you know a lot more about. And then your spouse you probably know more than anybody else knows (laughs) about her or him. But there's nobody that you know everything about. There are people that know things about you. But then there are things that you have thought and said and done that nobody knows. Right. That you will never tell anybody, not even your wife. Not even your spouse. <laughs> right? And so what we need to realize 
from that is if I recognize that there are things about me that I've said and done and thought that nobody knows, that I I would never tell anybody. Well, that's the way everybody is. You don't know all there is to know about anyone. And so... You sure like to think we do, though, huh? Oh, man, we, that, <laughs> but that's how we start to judge. Right. Because we think we know everything. And... We don't know everything. We don't know their heart. We don't know why they've done what they've done. Um, as we're speaking here just a few days ago that Robin Williams committed suicide. And I was reading somewhere where his daughters had to take down her Facebook page because people were writing in Facebook and her these mean, vicious things about how he's going to hell for sure. And um, he should have been doing this and he shouldn't have been doing that. And so she had to shut down her Facebook. Who... You can't judge people what's going on in a person's mind that they would get so desperate or think that was the only answer to where they were. And yet we seem to think that we can, that we can form some sort of judgment. And then even if you thought you could form a judgment, who are we to tell somebody's child? And she's not like a little kid. She's probably in her 30s. But who to tell anybody that their parent was some evil person or should never done and to say the things that they were saying there who are we to think that we can do that and yet there are people that think that they can do that and we, we could puff ourselves up and say well i would never do that but how often in our life have we said or done things that we're not proud of that that we judged people even in our own mind. Maybe we never said it out loud to anybody else, but we judged them in our own mind. How many people you hear on TV, a, a story and you don't have any idea the real truth of what happened. And yet the court of public opinion, people are making judgments right and left. Oh, I know they did it. I don't know why I just popped him at that John Benet Ramsey thing from like almost yeah. 20 years ago. Now, man, yeah. almost everybody, her parents did it for sure. Nobody knows. And yet we make judgments about stuff. We don't have well, any idea what the truth is. Well, as you're speaking that, as you're speaking on that, I'm just reminded what the scripture says. I believe Jesus said it too. Men's hearts are evil. And it's always devising evil intent. And again, that's why God desires us to get a heart transplant. And that heart transplant is going to conform us into his image. We're going to start thinking and responding like God. That's God's desire. That's part of redemption. Again, we got to get that heart transplant. Well, see, we get that heart transplant, and until we do, what does the Bible say? That a man's heart is evil above all things. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of people in the mental health field who think if we can just peel away all these layers off of this person and get to their heart, we'll find all this goodness, and it'll just be all good. But the Bible says that outside of Jesus, once you dig away all that and you get right to the core, it's not all good. Right. That that man has a sin nature. How do you overcome the sin nature? You overcome it through the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's no other way to overcome man's sin nature. Right. It's only through the blood of Jesus. And, and, and be open to deliverance. Because as you were just speaking, I was just thinking of the gathering demoniac. This guy was so messed up that they put him on a little island and chained him up. Chained him. And he was cutting himself with rocks. But Jesus... You could think he was the enemy. Right, yeah. He, he's the messed up one. But Jesus had compassion on him so much that he said, we're going over to the other side. 
And we know on the way over there, Satan brewed up a storm. See, I believe that Jesus is going over there strictly for that guy. Oh, yeah, he was. Well, that's the reason he was going over. But on the way, Satan brewed up a storm to try to keep them from getting over there. That's what? what? You, the devil didn't say, oh, Jesus is going to go free this guy from these right, demons, so, so me, I guess might as well just yeah, not worry about it? Yeah, you see what happened. A storm came up, and that's what the disciples was afraid because uh, they woke up Jesus. <laughs> he rebuked it and kept moving towards their destination. But again, you have to be open to deliverance once you get saved. And you just said the blood of Jesus, you know. We've been born again, not by corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. And it says, I was just reading over in Philippians about uh, the precious blood. You know, we've been washed with his precious blood. But you have to receive all of that. You have to receive what God has. And again, God is a supernatural God. And you just have to believe. Again, remember the other guy, that son was uh, demonically possessed. He was throwing himself in the fire and in the water. And Jesus, he couldn't speak for himself, so you know his father was standing in the gap for him, interceding. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And God just wants somebody to believe that he can, and the son got healed from whatever demonically possessed spirit that was uh, controlling him, controlling his mind. Well, see, and here's the thing is that the, even the man knew that he didn't have complete belief. Right. And yet he had enough. Right. He, to to he stand ha- in the gap for his son. Right. And the faith he had was enough for Jesus to work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think that we have to become like super Christians or or never mm-hmm. have a doubt in our mind if we're going to ask God anything. Jesus meets us with the faith that we have. Amen to that. And that's how I got saved. It was that mustard seed of faith that I had in, in God that he would uh, do the supernatural, the miraculous in my life. And guess what? He had the nerve enough to do it and to win me. Because that's what he just wanted, a believing heart. I believed what I prayed for, God manifested. And not only that, he let me know it was him that did it. Yeah, God's going to prove himself. And again, and that's what the scripture says, the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. And I'm pretty sure that guy that had the demon-possessed son, he went back and they told that story to everybody in the village. Because everybody knew the little boy was jacked up. And the guy that gathering the money, everybody knew he was jacked up because they put him on the island by himself. But we know they were clothed in their right mind after one touch from Jesus. Amen. And again, the whole world is waiting on us now. See, and, and you know what's amazing, though, is that we can read that and we can say, man, they were in tough shape and Jesus saved them. But we were all in tough shape. Right. We might have had, <laughs> we, maybe we weren't demon possessed, but we all had sin in our life. Right. Maybe your and sin was different. those were extremes right there. Right. Maybe <laughs> your sin was completely different than my sin, but we all have sin in our life. Well, the scripture says. Uh, How many people he, you know that have been Christian a long time seem to think they were born Christians? Well, the Bible says in Romans uh, about his, he's rich towards all those who call upon him. He's rich, meaning he's not broke. He's got plenty grace, plenty, plenty supernatural. Yeah, he never runs plenty, out of grace. Plenty, plenty provision. He's rich towards all who call upon him. And people, they need to call upon him. And again, I'm just convinced. God, there's nothing impossible for God. Scripture said in Genesis, he told Sarah that 
Is there anything too hard for God? I say no. Well, see, God well, can give you all his grace, and he can give all of his grace to somebody else and still give ooh. me all of his grace. The world doesn't work that way. Our, our human things don't work scarcity. that way. We're it, running out. We right. were just talking about that earlier. I mean, the city's running out. running out of money. <laughs> you know, running out of money. Uh, the government's running out of money. Everybody's running out of something. Run, California right now is running out of water. There's always going to... And if I use more water than I should, well, you're going to have even less. And if I eat four pieces of pie, you're going to have even less. That's not the way God works. God has enough you know grace what? for everybody and to get it. once you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you'll start believing and understanding. God will not put you on this earth and have you run out. Since I've been on the earth 50 years, we ain't ran out of water. They ain't ran out of gold, silver, <laughs> oil. Now, they like, now, the enemy want to influence people to make you think there's not enough, there's a shortage. Yeah, there's always plenty. There's plenty of millionaires. Just in the last year, there's how many millionaires have been made? Wow. There's plenty. There's, so there's no shortage. And again, we have to, especially in the kingdom, in the kingdom with God provisions, there's no shortage of anything. Healing, deliverance, you know. Peace, joy, it, 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 He comfort. has it all. He, it's all his. See, so got, many people think, man, if I just could win the lottery, I think we've talked about this before. If I could just win the lottery, I'd never have another problem. I'd never. Well, with that said... And I know you just talked about Robin Williams. I was just telling somebody about him the other day. Well, he didn't have a financial problem. Right. With all the money and the fame, right. he couldn't buy him peace. Couldn't buy him peace. Couldn't so, buy. So it's not about money. Right. It's not about material things. He told the rich young ruler that. <laughs> Try to explain that to him. Jesus did. So it's not about that. Jesus is the prince of peace. He said he gives you that peace which surpasses all understanding. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things are the fruits of the Spirit. Right, and it comes from the true vine, <laughs> which is Jesus, which is God. And so, I've said on this show before, and I know that there are people that don't believe a word of it, money is the easiest thing to get more of. Yeah, it is. It's I mean, it really printing. is. They're printing it right now as we speak. But I mean, it's really easy <laughs> to get more of. Now, you might not ever get as much as you think you need, or certainly not as much as you might possibly want, but getting more money is not a hard thing. Getting more health a lot of times is, because you come to your last breath, you can't buy another one. Can't buy some more. <laughs> right? And so there are things that you cannot buy. You can't buy peace of mind. You can't buy comfort. You can't buy courage. You can't buy hope. There are all kinds of things that you cannot buy that we need every day that come as a gift of God. Amen. I'm going to refer to the scripture again in 1 Peter because it's still on uh, using the whole armor. And he gives us some more instruction here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And then when we get done, before we get done today, I want to go back to the very last part of putting on the armor. Okay, okay. Well, this is going to go right with it. Look, for 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved. He's talking to his children. He called us beloved. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial. That's the test, the temptation, which is to try you. I mean, this trial is just one to test you as though some strange thing happened. Right. To it's you. just completely see, normal. See, and we, we think that when we're going through it, it's a, when we're going through it, it's a strange thing that's happened to me. Well, this I, has only I, happened to me, right, Richard. Right. <laughs> and it's worse. What's happening to me is worse than... It, Maybe it happened to you a little bit, but it isn't near as bad as what's happening to me. Well, that's why you need to keep on that whole armor. Because 
you won't think it's strange if you armored up. You you know you're in a fight. What did you got armor on for? You just don't walk around with armor if you know you ain't in a battle. So I ain't gonna think it's strange when the enemy, because I keep on my armor. I ain't gonna think it's strange when he try to hit me with stuff, hit me with a summer That's call. That's his business. That's yeah, what hit he does. me with a summer call. Hit me with some. Scripture says in Mark, Jesus said, "You'll be persecuted for the word's sake." It says we're like sheep to the slaughter, meaning we're always gonna be coming under fire. So look what he said, beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. Uh-oh, but rejoice? Why? I got the full armor on. I can rejoice. I got Teflon on. I'm a Teflon Christian. You can't touch this. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Uh-oh, they didn't defeat Christ because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. As he is, so am I. Oh, okay. I'm going to rejoice because of that. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Because his glory is going to be revealed in us. That's what, remember? Adam lost the glory. Jesus brought it back to us. Man, what are man that you're mindful of him? You crowned him with glory and honor. But look at verse 14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, that means if you're going through it as a Christian, that's faith on fire, blessed are you. <laughs> he said, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and God rest upon you. Oh, spirit of glory and God rest upon me. That's good news. On that part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he's glorified. But if I'm going to drop down to verse 16. Yet if anyone suffers or endures as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Oh, this was God showed me this. Don't let him. He said, don't be ashamed, but glorify God in the matter. How can I glorify? And I ask myself, Lord, how can I glorify you in the matter? By being a doer of your word and not just a hearer? Well, do put on the whole armor. Do keep it on. Do bless those who persecute you. Do forgive the one who offended you. That's what it means to glorify God in the matter. I'm going to do what my Lord and Savior uh, commanded me to do see, in the midst. That's how I glorify God is to obey his command. Yeah, that's how I glorify him. I got to be a doer, not just a hearer. So I'm glorifying God in the matter. I'm saying many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. And Paul said that. He said, you know all the stuff I went through in Antioch and such and such, and the Lord delivered me out of all of them. So that's got to be our response. This has got to be in our words with the sword of the Spirit. we got to say what God said about our circumstances. You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But he says, I'm going to deliver you out of all of them. Remember, we read it the other day. The sufferings of this present time are not to be compared to the glories right. which shall be revealed in us. We have so many promises. And we got to clothe ourselves in Well, how many promises. times in your life have you faced something and then you've worried about it or fretted about it or whatever, and then at the end you're like, wow, that was nothing. What, what was all that about? What was hey, I even thinking? You know what? This happens to me more and more every day because stuff happens every day. Remember all those thoughts in a day? Look at just all the things that can happen in a 24-hour period. And God's been showing me, and I was kind of worried about something, but the devil wanted me to be worried about something. And then the next day, something else positive. I was like, wow, God, you something else. So I'm, my faith is on fire. I'm learning what he said in Matthew 25. Don't worry about your life. Right. What you should eat, what you, I'm, I'm there now. I'm I mean, to the point, I'm not worried. we do, and then we look back and go, what was, that, what was I worried about? What was, the, what was the big deal about that? Right. I mean, it wasn't anything. And that's what that scripture you referenced about these present sufferings are nothing compared to the glory. Someday when we stand before God, we're going to look back on our whole life and it's going to be like, 
What was I always worried about? What was the big? Right. That, that wasn't no big deal. <laughs> but we made it a big deal as we were going through it. You know, I, and and we're we don't have a lot of time left. I want to read the okay. last, very last part of putting on the armor of God. Oh. You know, we looked, talked about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I like that supplication for all saints. We're to be praying always, and then we're to be praying for each other. We're to be praying for all the saints. We are not in this all alone. God is with us, but then there are other people involved and involved in the battle, and we are to lift them up. Other people are not our enemy. It is so easy for churches to see the church up the street almost like competition or or like they're the enemy or we've got to guard against them. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be praying for all the saints. Whether they meet in our church facility or not, we need to be praying for all the saints. I've talked to people, you probably have too, there's jealousy, I think, among the Christian faith. <laughs> and we got to get past all that. We got to be willing to pray for each other and not worry that, oh man, look at that. That looks like they're having a success over there. Oh man, look at that. They had a revival and a bunch of people got saved. No, that's uh, a good thing. Well, that's not a bad thing. I was at a meeting last night. We were praying for the police officers and we were using the facility here. And it was a nice facility. And, and again, I did just what you said. I was like, wow, this is a nice facility. We're going to have a facility like this one day. I wasn't mad at him because I understand, you know, the blessings of the Lord make it one rich and added no sorrow. But before we leave, I want to, this last two, Richard, and this is going to explain a lot about me, these last two verses, verse 19 and 20. And for the listening audience, this is going to explain a lot about Pastor Vince right here. And I prayed this. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly <laughs> to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And that's why Richard said I like to talk a lot, and I take up all the time, because that's what I, I asked God that. And I was joking on the, he said I talk all the time. But I asked God that, that I may open my mouth and preach or speak the gospel boldly as I ought to. As I ought to, that, well, that's part of your reasonable service, especially if you're filled with the Spirit. Well, that's what Paul says, woe is me if I... Cease preaching this gospel. Right. So you he concluded it with you opening your mouth and speaking something. And that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.